Are you ready? Yeah, you think you can tell us what to do? You think you can tell us what to wear? You think that you're better? Well, you better get ready. Bow to the masters. Break it down! Nation podcast you know what it is what's good what it do it's week two for the nfl dfs main slate and it's me again your host at ryan alexander underscore w is where you can find him on twitter and i'm joined by one of my two usual co-hosts that is maddie dickinson at maddie dfs and maddie man i'm already off to a rocky start here i am calling myself the host of the show and there's three of us but without kev being here man he's a new uh girl dad shout out to kev missing the podcast for the first time so it's just me and you breaking down the week two slate yeah shout out to kev man that's congratulations big congratulations you know having a little girl that's that's awesome uh one day i'll i'll have the the blessing come in the version of kids but not not yet for me so kev can hold down the fort in that regard and we'll hold down the the, the podcast treats yeah, man, he's got he's got two little ones, so he is definitely holding that down for us. Me and you coming in at a cool zero, both between the two of us. So, um, you know, we'll we'll give Kev a little R and R relaxation, and it's just up to you and me to to talk shop and break down the slate. So this should be fun, man. Uh, we both kind of you know have similar styles into how we approach things, but um, in just talking with you earlier this week, I think I may be a little bit more excited about this week than than you are. I absolutely hate this slate. As somebody who only <laughs> plays one to three entries every week, it's usually three for me. I th- there's just so many good games and so many good good values and and guys that can absolutely smash this week. And I just feel like I'm going to be underexposed to everybody that I want to play. And there's going to be guys that go off that I you know have very little exposure to because I want to cover all of these bases on all these really good matchups. And I I hate it. I hate it. I I want I want this week to be over. I, I'm probably going to end up playing lighter than I than I should because, like I said, it's going to come down to Sunday morning, and I'm going to be pulling my hair out trying to make the, all these decisions as these two v twos and three v three swaps, and it's just going to you know those those so, things never never end well for me. So, what would you say at the point right now, as we are you know Thursday? um going into you know this week too we got a couple days here before the slate kicks off like what what is really making you hesitant so far and what could change for you later on uh for the slate that could open it up and make you feel a little bit better about it so when we were talking earlier today kind of in the dms um something you know that i had thought i pegged some you know value guys that were going to be lower owned like christian kirk you know, 4,300 against Washington, you've got a lot of guys in that price range, especially a wide receiver this week that, you know, are in really good matchups. And so I thought, okay, Kirk just coming off a, a absolute dud last week, he's going to be unowned. That's a guy who was 13th in the league in, in air yards uh, per target. And I want exposure to him. 
Well, you know, right. you know, you check ownership projections today and all of a sudden Christian Kirk pops up as the 10th highest owned guy on the slate, fifth highest owned wide receiver. And it's just like on a slate like this where there's so many options, I'm going to I'm going to let the field tell me who I'm going to play by going with the lower owned guys. Because when when got, you know, when I can't decide, I always side with the lower owned guy because that gives me a bigger edge on the field if my guy is the one that goes off. Sure. Yeah, man, absolutely. And, and you know, we kind of touched on it a little bit last week, but but not so much. You know, we told we talked to people about playing lighter in week one, right? Kind of just feeling it out, seeing how things are going. And, you know, of course, just like clockwork, that train is never late. Overreaction week one comes and everybody feels like they know how things are going to go. Right. And so I feel like this week, too, kind of opens it up where you're going to have a lot of similar teams, a lot of similar builds, a lot of people going the same way, especially, you know, when you're talking about single entry bullets with both which both you and me like to play. And so I really think that's where the advantage will come in is where you can find, you know, kind of, okay, we'll talk about it. You know, what are the games that are, you know, just reeking of points that are going to be scored this week and where can we take advantage of those um, outside of the popular guys as you touched on guys if, if you're just tuning in it's the week two NFL DFS main slate here on the DGen Nation pod you can follow us on Twitter at DGen Nation pod you see our handles right there for both myself and Maddie you see all of the uh, social media handles for the fantasy authority there on the screen if you're watching with us but if you're listening to us you can follow us on Twitter at FF underscore authority the fantasyauthority.com is where you can find all the content that we have for you guys, podcast articles, um, links to the videos, what have you. Um, great stuff going on there, guys. And then we also have the Instagram account that's been going. Shout out to my boy, Cody Cutzer. He's been holding it down with the Instagram post there, the fantasy authority there for that. Um, okay, so we're breaking it down on DraftKings, Maddie. And let's just kind of get into an overview of the slate before we kind of get into these positions right here, because I really do think that the overview kind of speaks to itself when we're talking about where the high totals are coming from. So, of course, uh, right now, what's sticking out for a lot of people is the Falcons traveling to Dallas. Um, that game is one of the only two games, I believe, unless things have changed with a 50 or higher over under. Looks like it's it was 52 and a half. I'm not sure if that's changed recently. Um, 53 and a half now. 53 and a half. Okay, so we got you've got a point movement there, which yeah. is definitely nice. Um, you also got like Texans Ravens, too, which is on the slate. And um, not a lot of people talking about that as well, um, coming in at 51 and a half. And then, you know, Packers, Lions, uh, I believe it's, it's close to 50. And then pa Panthers and Buccaneers, 48. Um, and there's some other games in here that are interesting. I know you mentioned in the chat, too, that you were interested in, in Vikings Colts um, in some regard as well, too. Uh, that game looking at around 48. So when we're talking about these games that are, that are high totals, Maddie, and, and I guess we could just roll into the quarterbacks right now to just even kick it off. Like what, what is interesting or to you, what is sticking out to you in these builds? Uh, because for me right now, it's, it's only a, a couple people and only two of them are from the games that I mentioned. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously at the top, you can play Lamar on any given slate, um, especially against a team like Houston. Uh, Houston doesn't really have a good defense. Uh, the, I mean, and we, we even saw last week, you know, even if the Ravens uh, come out and absolutely demolish a team, it's going to be because Lamar had a big game. 
Um, they, you know, they struggled to run the ball a little bit against Cleveland. You know, Dobbins had some success, but I mean, it wasn't ever all of their success last week came through the air. So, you know, eight, two for Lamar. I absolutely think that that's in play. He's, he's going to be the most popular quarterback of the week because he always is. Um, and, but I can't fault you. And there's enough, there's enough value this week that I think you can make Lamar work pretty easily too. Um, if you want to roll that route. And I mean, so Lamar and Mahomes, like Mahomes too, you know, going into the the Chargers. I, the one concern I have with Mahomes is if the Chiefs get a lead, they showed last week that they will just, you know, pound Edward Solaire over and over again right. on the ground. Like, he, what do you have, 24 carries in his first ever career game? I, I, I am slightly concerned that Tyrod's not going to be able to keep up because that Kansas City defense isn't that bad. They really limit wide receiver production. So I guess if we can talk about tight ends when we get there, but, you know, Hunter Henry is going to be a mainstay of that, that Chargers offense all year. You know, he's going to have to be heavily involved if the uh, Chargers are going to, you know, keep up with the Chiefs in any way. But, I mean, it's hard to, to not like Mahomes, but I tend to, you know, side with – if I'm not playing a, a guy like Lamar that can get there with his legs and hit his massive ceiling – because Mahomes is going to need to throw probably four touchdowns to, you know, to match Lamar on a slate like this or any of these other quarterbacks that we're going to talk about. But you've got these some of these game stacks, like you mentioned, that they're in these high totals and you want, you know, these back and forth slugfests where it's just teams just passing over and over and over again. And, you know, I think Detroit and Green Bay, I think that game could turn into that. You know, Stafford was yeah. very close to having a big game against, against Chicago. Um, he had that touchdown catch – dropped by Swift at the end of the game and he was missing Galladay. So, you know, the, the Lions offense is pretty good, especially through the air. And then you've got Aaron Rodgers who turned the clock back um, and came out and just absolutely lit the world on fire last week. Um, it helps. He's got Devonte Adams, but at the same time, he went back to his roots of, you know, getting the ball out quick. Um, and he really looked comfortable in that offense for the first time, you know, in the last year or so. Like, watching him last year, they're just trying to run the football, and Rodgers never really got in a rhythm. But last right. week, he, he looked like his old self. So, you know, Detroit and Green Bay is a game I want a lot of exposure to. Um, you mentioned eight, Atlanta and Dallas. So you've got two defenses that are just essentially don't have any secondary. And both of both offenses, you know, they want to they – thrive through the air like I know Dallas has Zeke but Zeke is going to be heavily involved in the passing game and if Atlanta can just push the you know push Dallas on the other side which they should be able to based on how easily the Rams are moving the ball against them um, especially through the air then I think you turn this game that game turns into a slugfest through the air as well so I mean this two games there right off the top. And then you mentioned Minnesota and Indy Minnesota. They just basically didn't even play defense last week. (laughs) Dude, what is up with this secondary, bro? They're missing a lot of pieces and and it's a new look defense from what, what we're used to. Um, They've got some of their big name guys aren't there anymore. Like McKenzie Alexander's playing in, uh, yeah, playing in this game tonight. And then you've got, you know, Xavier Rhodes is gone. Uh, Everson Griffin's on the Cowboys. So it, it is a new defense in Minnesota. I wasn't expecting them to be that bad, but I mean, you know, Phillip Rivers without Marlon Mack, are, are they just, I know Jonathan Taylor is going to be mega chalk this week and for really good reason, but are they just going to, you know, turn 
Taylor and, and Hines loose to carry the ball 25 times? Are we going to see Rivers continue to pepper Paris Campbell and T.Y. Hilton and, you know, these hit these running backs in the pass game? Because Rivers is a sneaky play this week, I think, in, in that game. So there, this basically goes back to what I said. Like, there are so many good options and so many good games this week that, you know, you can just load up on and game stack. And I, I almost feel like a game stack is going to be – what takes down a turn like tournaments this week? You've got to nail, I think. Yeah, you know, five five guys from a game. Pick pick three games if you're playing three teams. Pick three games. Go all in on those three games and just hope one of them goes absolutely nuclear, like the like the Bucks Rams did last year, or the Rams Chiefs uh, when they combined for a hundred points, like something like that. You know, so right. that may, might be the strategy I have instead of you know trying to pick and choose and see like because the field is going to play a lot of these really good value plays which are you know they're going to be chalked for good reason but i want exposure to you know games that are going to hit maybe 70 points total and have guys at low ownership because of that sure ready and 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 you you're nailing it right on the head i mean at least for me in the sense of you know i i want to I want to have exposure to some of these guys who are going to be chalk. I mean, we talked about it like, you know, pre-show leading up to it. Christian Kirk, you know, a guy who should definitely, you know, at his price tag, definitely pay off dividends in that game going against a Washington defense that that really doesn't seem to be look like they're going to, you know, they're going to have a rough time this year and not going to be able to stop anybody. And so you're looking at that Arizona offense and saying, okay, after DeAndre Hopkins, who's getting the ball and like that dude's just running routes all over the place. So he seems to be good, but you know, could it just be DeAndre Hopkins just taking over the workload? Drake, if they get up to a lead, just taking over the workload, Kyler rushes in a touchdown and he might not hit, you know, I'm trying to find ways for these pieces to not hit. I know Gallup is going to be very popular. CD lamb is going to be very popular, you know, in the game against Atlanta, how, how popular is Calvin Ridley going to be, you know, after he gets a garbage touchdown late last, last week to kind of really make his week seem better than it was. And how many times have we seen Matt Ryan get into that situation? So that, that is one too, where I'm like, I don't know how much I'll have in Lennox, but I, I know for a fact that I will have little to none of Matt Ryan this week um, because of just how I project he's going to be um, valued and the pieces aren't there and they could find themselves just like last week, you know, playing from behind. And yes, he may be forced to throw, but maybe those don't connect against a Dallas D that really tries to, you know, keep everything in front of them and not really give up, give up a big play. I mean, we we saw that against the Rams last week. You know, they were letting Robert Woods kind of just run all over them, but damned if they, you know, let the running back get going or give up a big play. So I'm not really interested in pieces from that game. But, yeah, I, I love Aaron Rodgers uh, this week. He He's the one that I was kind of touching on who will be chalk, but I'm okay with eating that. I mean, their implied total is right around 28. You got to love that this week. And, and the the – way that he's going about business like he's got Devonte adams he's got aaron jones and then he's got just a couple other guys you know with mbs and alan lazard and i think you can definitely say that you know where the targets are going with with aaron Rodgers. you don't have to think about it so you're playing him you're playing adams and then maybe okay if you're taking a game stack you say okay yeah maybe i want you know one lions receiver and then one of Lazard 
or MVS or taking Aaron Jones with him because we've seen Aaron Jones get targeted in the passing game yet again. And they did nothing to get him help in the draft. And now we're seeing it come to fruition where Aaron Jones is going to be targeted. He's going to be utilized in this offense in the same way. And no, he might not get the freaking 19 touchdowns or whatever he had last year with all the red zone usage, but he's still going to be a factor. And so you're looking at his price tag this week and you're saying that makes a ton of sense. And that's what I'm kind of talking about is ways to attack this because if I'm playing Rogers and I play Jones and I just say, let me just get all the points. And I don't want to talk about, you know, playing Adams. Maybe I'll play Hopkins instead of Adams and try and get the same type of usage there. But one of those touchdowns goes to MV, MVS or Lazard. Um, and then Adams, you know, you, you got to find ways to pivot. So um, that's definitely something I'm looking to. I, I love, but yeah, I love Rogers this week. I, I mean, the Phillip Rivers call, the dude threw over 40 times last week in a game that they were supposed to win against the Jaguars mightily. So he could definitely, you know, luck into some stuff there and there's a running back in that game that I cannot wait to talk about because I played him last week and I'm going to be playing him again even though he's on the road um and who else did I want to touch oh and then we got to we got to talk about Pat Mahomes here uh Maddie because Pat Mahomes is is I think going to be going overlooked this week on the road and like you said this this could be a game where they get up big and and Tyrod is not able to do anything on the back to warrant Pat Mahomes kind of reaching what you would expect out of him. But you're looking at a price tag of 7,700, you know, cheaper than Lamar Jackson, kind of just going to go overlooked because he is just kind of priced out, quote unquote. And this dude has three touchdown upside every time he reaches the field. So it's like, you know, even if Clyde Clyde Edwards Hilaire you know, he could get there and so could Mahomes and he could throw one to him. He's going to, you know, be looking for Tyreek Hill deep. He's going to be looking for Sammy Watkins and and Hardman deep and not even to mention Kelsey being out there. So, I, you know, even I'm not saying he's going to go out there and necessarily has the same ceiling as a Lamar Jackson um, with the rushing upside that he should be seeing against this Houston run defense. But just off of the sheer volume of, or I guess the sheer efficiency of plays that the Chiefs run, he could just go out there and, and you know, get two, 250 and two by half, um, you know, running or just throwing all over the place there. What else? That Oh, and then the other quarterback I wanted to touch on, too, who um, may be overlooked is Ben Roethlisberger, um, who was, you know, priced because they had the Monday night game. Uh, he's 6,300, so he's 100 cheaper than Deshaun. Uh, he's 200 more than Kyler Murray, 100 more than Stafford. We're talking on DraftKings here. And this is a guy who we've we've always looked to play at home, right? His home splits are are really great. Um, you're watching the game last, or I guess on Monday, against the Giants, and you see him kind of take that first hit. And he got up, and he was kind of limping a little bit, Maddie. Like, I was like, oh, man, this is going to be a rough rough season for Ben Roethlisberger if he's looking banged up but he you know he got back in there and the Giants were just giving him looks that he was able to eat up he's feeding Juju he's feeding Deontay Johnson getting James Washington involved you know James Conner goes out it doesn't matter like they still got Benny Snell back there who is just rushing and running rampant and and I don't really you know Benny Snell he's coming in at a cheap price tag this week we can talk about him at running backs and I don't really know how much I want of him uh, knowing that he's going to be chalked, just I, I just feel like it could be maybe a Boston Scott trap, so to speak, in this game. Um, 
But, you know, the Broncos didn't show me anything uh, with, you, you know, trying to stop Derrick Henry last week. And Derrick Henry did get there off a of sure volume, you know, getting 30 rushes. I don't know if the, the Steelers will give Benny Snell that. But this Broncos defense, you know, is kind of missing some key pieces on that end. And I just think they can look to take advantage of it. I, I love what Ben Roethlisberger um, showed us on Monday night. And so I'm loving him in GPPs. Uh, both DeAndre Johnson, both Deontay Johnson and Juju Smith-Schuster were on the injury report. Um, it looks like both of them uh, should be able to go, but we'll definitely monitor the Friday practices going into the weekend. But I, I kind of like that stack as a contrarian play this week. Um to, you know, get exposure to a different quarterback elsewhere. Can I try to sell you on a kind of off the board game stack? I'm, I'm listening, man. I'm always all, all, all ears ready to go. What if I told you that there's no receiving piece of the Tampa Bay Carolina game that's projected to be over, you know, like the 10 to 12% range? Yeah, that's, I mean, you've that's, got you've got Carolina, who's one of the worst defenses overall in the NFL, right? right? And you've right. got Tampa Bay, who they were a, a pass funnel last year, and I mean, they just faced Kamara, so I, I kind of give them a benefit of the doubt, since you know the Saints can be one of the better teams in terms of running the football, especially when Kamara's in the game. So I think you know they could, the Bucks could still be this pass funnel defense. Um, and we're, we're going to get a 2% on Teddy Bridgewater with all these weapons around him. Uh, like you got now Robbie Anderson, <laughs> Curtis Samuel, DJ Moore. He can right, throw the right. ball to McCaffrey. Um, you know, Ian Thomas is even even usable in the past game. So, like, you're getting a, a Teddy Bridgewater who, you know, their defense is, their defense is going to give up probably 30 points to the Bucks, if I had to guess. That, like, I don't see a way Tampa Bay – even with even if Chris Goblin doesn't play, I don't see a way that they don't go out and score thirty times. Or sorry, not thirty times. Maybe 30 even times. thirty points. Here we go. Will's but, up. <laughs> yeah. So like that's another game that is just you know staring me in the face at this you know forty seven total, and it's kind of getting overlooked because there's a bunch of totals that are in the forty nine to fifty three ish right. range. So, but that's a game that I could see going absolutely nuclear. And it's it's nobody's going to stack it. And I think, you know, that that's something, like I said, I want the field to tell me who to play. And if nobody's playing that game, I want to play that game. No, I definitely. I mean, and, you know, I've seen builds so far this week where people are trying to get a piece of that game, you know, chasing Robbie Anderson only going to Scott Miller only. And it's like, I, I get it. I mean, Robbie Anderson did look good last week and he, he was able to put up that usable score. But how often are we going to be able to rely on that when you're talking about Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore ahead of him on the depth chart? Like I just Robbie Anderson always kind of has those those games every once in a while. And, and th- those are fine, but he's not consistently putting up those numbers. So uh, and then on the same side, you got Buccaneers who are coming in with an implied total of over 28. So like points got to come from somewhere. And, you know, if you don't, if you don't really feel comfortable with, you know, Brady, I guess, I mean, maybe, maybe it's taking a shot on Ronald Jones here in the matchup. And we could talk about that, I guess, with running back, but um, Tom Brady, you know, having a rough first game in the, in the new uniform and the new digs, um, it just, it didn't seem appealing, which is why his ownership will be low. 
But like you said, we we talked about it week one. We talked about it preseason. This Panthers defense is going to be exploitable. And so what a better get right spot than, you know, week two here. And you're going to get Brady at, you know, half the ownership of what he was seeing in week one. Uh, yeah, I think I would play Teddy just because I think, like you said, Ronald Jones could, you know, come in and have a really good game on the ground and maybe they don't rely on Brady as much as they, maybe they should, especially with Godwin sure. out. But on the on the flip side of that, Mike Evans costs sixty four hundred dollars and he's gonna be <laughs> around and he's gonna be around ten percent owned. Like I am so in on that. I I mean he played almost the entire game last week on a on a bum hamstring. He just you know, he had a touchdown, I think, called back, which would yep. have made his day look much better. Um, he was out there. He just, you know, he just didn't get – I mean, I guess he had Lattimore on him all day. And the Saints, you know, they're not a bad defense. So, now you go from from playing in New Orleans to uh, facing a very porous Carolina defense, and you've got Mike Evans at 6,400. you got DJ Moore on the other side at 6,300. So, I mean, you can get – the combined, you know, the wide receiver won on each team for a combined $13,000. And like, that's very, very affordable um, in a game that, that I think could, you know, go nuclear. Yeah, man, that's, that's going to be a spot that's going to be tricky. Cause I'm, I don't really have much interest in that, in that game as of right now. And that's a game that I feel that's, that's the game that you're kind of talking about, Maddie, where you're like a game stack could win the week. Like that is the game stack that could absolutely go nuclear because the pieces are kind of priced appropriately where you can have a feasible game stack with the value plays that we're talking about from the other game. So if those guys are hitting, but not the larger pieces and you take the big piece from bigger pieces from this game. Yeah. I could really see that paying off. Uh, we had a question in the YouTube chat. I want to get your opinion because I, I already shared mine, but a guy was asking about uh, Drew Brees or big Ben this week. Um, I told him Big Ben because without Michael Thomas, they're on the road there, but it is against Vegas. So wanted to get your opinion there. Yeah, I still think, you know, I still like Breeze um, against the Raiders. I mean, we saw what Teddy was able to do against them last week. And they still have, you know, Emmanuel Sanders is still there. Traquan Smith can now step in and have a big role. And, and Traquan is a very, yeah. you know, he's he's still a talented wide receiver. He's not Michael Thomas, but he's, right. he's not just, a, just an, a jag, just another guy. So it's, you know, I still think, you know, Kamara is still going to be used in the pass game. You could get down to like the, the six-yard line where, you know, they run a play action and then hit Kamara on a screen. And all of a sudden you've got a, a passing touchdown, even though it's going to Kamara. Um, I mean, there's still Jared Cook is still there. Um, it's I don't know. I, I, I think the Denver defense, though, is is definitely attackable. And we, if Connor's out, which it sounds like, you know, he could be and Snell just might get the, the start from the go. You know, the Steelers could you know, they could have to rely on Big Ben even more than what they maybe normally would. Yeah, um, right. You know, I haven't really dug, dug into that matchup because that's the Monday uh, or the, the, you know, the Saints-Vegas matchup because that's the Monday game. Right. But, you know, I, I do think, you know, Big Ben, he's going to be – if Connor's out, you know, I'm not really a big Snell guy myself. Um, I think if Connor's out, you know, they, they may be forced to rely on Big Ben and, you know, that, that Denver defense is a little bit different than what the the Denver defense were used to with no Von Miller and they got rid of Chris Harris and brought in some different cornerbacks. So yeah, I think I side with you in that I would, I would go Big Ben. 
Yeah, I, I if just, the Steelers I, are going to score, it's going to be because of him. Right, and and just traveling to the West Coast for Breeze there on the road. Um, you know, it, I'm I'm not going to say trap game by any means. That's not where I'm going with this, but it just could be more of an uglier game um, than if it was in the Superdome and we were used to seeing fireworks. Um, is there anything else at the at the quarterback position, Maddie? Before we move on to running backs, like uh, I, I kind of wrote down something, and I'll let I'll let you go um, if you have anything. I was just going to say I had interest in Ryan Tannehill until the AJ okay. Brown news popped up. Yep, yep. Uh, because Tennessee, they ran a, a week one high of no huddle offense, and they were running at an insane tempo, uh, which is not something we saw from them at all last year. Last year was let's play as slow as we can and just give Derrick Henry 30 carries, and Tannehill's just going to throw the ball 25 times. Well, in week one, that wasn't the case. You know, Henry still had his almost 30 carries, and Tannehill also threw the ball 43 times. So they ran, I think it was like 78 plays on offense, which is by far, you know, the most – they have run in the last year. Yeah. So, you know, playing Jacksonville, I really would have liked him, but unfortunately with, with AJ Brown likely being out, you know, I still think you can go to a guy like Corey Davis, but I think he could end up being popular because of Brown out and that, you know, they may just rely sure. on Derrick Henry there instead. But um, I felt like, I feel like it was worth mentioning just because, yeah. you know, that Tennessee offense, I think is going to surprise, you know, if they keep playing at that pace, you can play like, Tannehill and Derrick Henry with his his you know he was even ran 22 routes last week so oh yeah and John New Smith was out there looking good as hell too yeah so I, I really think that Tennessee offense is going to be one that you know one we can definitely load up on this year but I would love to do it this week in Jack against Jacksonville but with no AJ Brown it makes it hard no, for sure. And I saw that A.J. Brown news. So let's go ahead and get into the, the running backs here because, you know, we got Mr. Derrick Henry himself, King Henry, uh, coming in as the number four running back here on DraftKings at 7,900 price tag going against a Jacksonville D that looked like they were going to get gashed by Marlon Mack, gashed by Jonathan Taylor. Naheem Hines was getting all over all over on them uh, in that week one matchup. So, I mean, you know, we, we like to target guys on DraftKings who are going to have their fair share of pass catching opportunities. But when you're looking at the workload that Derrick Henry is getting week in and week out, I, I really like at first look, I was like, I have to find a way to get this guy onto lineups because he he's priced around you know another another guy that I like but in a road matchup of Dalvin Cook who is getting fed the ball and Kirk Cousins only threw 26 times but had like only four passes for a long time in that game and that you know they just want to run and feed him Ezekiel Elliott's 8200 so you're looking at just $300 less than him um Saquon Saquon is an interesting pivot to me, and I, I want to talk about him a little bit. Um, <laughs> I want to see your thoughts. I see you nodding your head. And McCaffrey comes in at 10K again. And so when I'm looking at these high-priced running backs, and I do have some interest in Clyde Edwards-Hilaire for sure at 7,400 um, and getting exposure to that game, uh, not through Mahomes. But Derrick Henry, like I said, he's got 30 carries against Denver defense that was gashed. Now he gets Jacksonville's, which looks like a defense that we're going to be able to attack every week on the run. And 7,900 just seems too cheap for him. So, uh, you know, if if I was making a cash team, 
uh, for sure on any site, I would definitely start with with Derrick Henry because the the workload is definitely going to be there, especially with AJ Brown looking to be out. Yeah, I, dude, running back is so loaded this week, and this is another reason. Like we <laughs> talked about all these really good game stacks through the air, but the, you've got right. freaking running back position that has so many guys that are in play this week. Like how how pot would Derrick Henry be the most popular running back on the slate if he had two rushing touchdowns last week? Absolutely. Yeah. Because you're talking. No. Yeah. You're right, Maddie. Because the Monday night football game, he was already going to have this price tag. Yeah. So, like, he ran 31 times for 116 yards, and Tennessee threw two touchdowns from the one yard line. Not one, but two. So, he very easily could have scored two touchdowns and had 32 DraftKings points. And people would have saw 7,900 versus Jacksonville, and just, you know, everybody would have clicked him. Well, right now he's the projected fourth highest in running back, and I, I think that that's a mistake. Um, so I think Derrick Henry is, and like I mentioned too, he ran freaking twenty-two pass routes in uh, week one. And if AJ Brown's out, you know that's just another excuse for them to give Henry the ball in the pass game. So I, I really like him. We can talk about Barkley. I just, yeah, man. dude, I don't, I don't know that I can just play him over Zeke. Uh, no, and and you know Zeke Zeke is a great play this week. Zeke Zeke is a, is is arguably the play when you're looking at, you know, how Atlanta has kind of had games go. And and we saw this last year. I was I was alluding to it. Like it the way Atlanta plays, like they're not able to capitalize on opportunities. So Matt Ryan is able to put up these numbers because they're they're in a hole by 10 points, 14 points. 17 points and they have to keep throwing and throwing and throwing, which takes out their run game. But I could totally see a, a scenario where Zeke goes out there and kind of just takes charge of this game. And you and we'll talk about the wide receiver that we both love in this game. And I'm going to start my builds with him. But, you know, the way that they're using Zeke, Mike McCarthy's using him. Um, you you got to you got to be interested in, in having him. You know, first, if you're not playing Henry. I would think you're playing Zeke in in this home matchup right here. Um, but Barkley, dude, I mean, he they tried everything to get him going against Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh was smothering this guy. I mean, he couldn't sniff the line of scrimmage in the first half of that game. And, you know, for whatever reason, and now we're going to have to deal with Jason Garrett's bullshit with another, you know, great back, and it's like, dude, what are you doing? Utilize your weapons. Um it, it just was it just was frustrating to kind of see his workload. But now you have a, a get right spot, you know, with the Bears. They just, you know, Adrian Peterson was running all over them. De- DeAndre Swift running all over them. And it's a it's a get right spot for Barkley. They know that they you know, they have to um, take advantage uh, of this team. And, and they're going to be you know, the Bears are going to be blitzing and, and showing coverages all along. But I think he you know, he's definitely going to get some passing work here. Um, the passing work that he saw against the Steelers was atrocious. I'm not even, uh, let me pull up his target. Well, no, he saw, he saw six targets. Um, so he's definitely going to see that if not more against the bears here. Um, and it's just one of those ugly games, right? They're traveling on the road. They're going into Chicago. Um, not going to really be any fans, but it, it, this is a game that I could see, you know, if the bears can put up points on the other side, going over, it's going over what the total is right now, because, the, the Giants just have such big playmakers 
to kind of take advantage here and the Bears could be, you know, playing from behind in this game. I mean, if Slayton was able to get loose against the Steelers defense, like he's going to get loose against the Bears. They got Shepard. They got Tate supposed to be back. Evan Ingram is going to be looking for a get right spot. I, I mean, Saquon Barkley at 8,400. Uh, you're, you're, you know, you're getting like K- Christian McCaffrey light as far as usage, but for $1,600 less. See, this is why I hate this slate because I can come up with a reason as to why I think somebody is, you know, can have a ceiling game in all of these matchups. So like, mm-hmm. you know, you pull up the week one stats, uh, you mentioned the the game that the Lions had on the ground and they, the Lions gave up the worst percentage of explosive run rate in the NFL in week one. So of the 29 carries, six of them went for, uh, you know, as a, the category of explosive plays, which I believe they classify as 15 yards. Um, so you're looking at, you know, a guy in Saquon Barkley who's known for his explosive plays on offense facing right. a Chicago defense that just got absolutely gashed on the ground against a Lions team that just signed Adrian Peterson off the streets. So <laughs> it's like I've got Zeke sitting there against Atlanta in a massive total. I've got King Henry who's going to touch the ball probably 30 to 35 times. And then you've got Barkley, which a pro- nobody, probably nobody's going to play. I can check real quick. Um, let's see. Yeah, he's not in the top 10 on what I'm looking at here. Yeah, he's okay. around He's around 15th highest zone running back. So, like, that's that's another spot okay. where it's like, you know, Barkley, like you said, they it didn't matter that, that the Steelers had allowed the Giants to have negative adjusted line yards on offense in week one. That Jason Garrett was just going to continue to call – rush plays for Barkley and he ended up with six, six yards on 15 carries, but he had nine targets. So it's like, they're going to give him the ball no matter what the situation is. And he still scored 13 fantasy points against that brutal defense of of the Pittsburgh Steelers. So man, I was like Barkley, we know he's got slate breaking upside. We've seen it time and time again, where he goes out and has 35 to 40 point games. And if he's going to be unowned, you know, he makes like so like let's say you're playing a, a Dak team and you go like Dak, Amari and uh, Gallup and then you run it back with like a Russell Gage or Hayden Hurst or somebody that's cheaper on the Falcon side. You sure. can play Saquon instead of Zeke and just hope that all of the Cowboys touchdowns are through the air with Zach, with Dak. Right, right. And just kind of tell yourself, you know, narratives to make make a story like that. Okay, if if Dak is getting all of these, what's my correlation? I don't don't want to play Zeke, even though Zeke could catch catch, you know, have receiving touchdowns. That's maybe not the most likely outcome. Okay, let me go with the the pass catchers uh, at the wide receiver position, and then okay, I'm not playing Zeke. Let me play Barkley instead. Basically, the same price. I think right. that's how you get to Barkley. I don't know. Man, it's just so scary fading Zeke against Atlanta, especially when I know. the Cowboys don't have Jarwin anymore. Like everything's going to be so concentrated. It it, it yeah, I, it it does it does it does make it does make it tough. I would I would try and find ways to with the wide receiver value that we have, and we can touch on like I, I would try and find ways to get Zeke and and Barkley, you know, onto some builds if I if I can make it work. You know, the issue then is you just don't you just can't play Henry probably. No, which, right. You can't play Henry, which, which is on, fine. on DraftKings. Yeah. On yeah. DraftKings, I think you could live with that. 
if they're both able to get there. Yeah, nor- North of the Star commenting on the Periscope, he's saying he can't fade Zeke, and and I don't blame you. I don't blame you, bud. But um, you know, we're we're trying to find ways and edges to kind of get over on the field because his his ownership is is going to be there. But you know, it's yeah. It's, and- He's good shot. He's good shot. And and I'm not saying to fade Zeke by any means. Like, I wouldn't just say play Barkley over Zeke for the heck of it. Like, think about it in terms of the correlation of the lineup that that you're building. So, like, if if you need Dak to smash, if he goes out and throws four touchdowns, sure, Zeke could catch one or two of them. But what, like, the real likelihood is that, you know, Cooper's got two and Gallup's got one and maybe CD snuck in his first one of the year. Something like that. So, if that's the case, Zeke now has no touchdowns, and now you have Saquon Barkley who just caught nine passes for seventy yards and you know three scores, yeah, to go along with his one hundred yards rushing. And all of a sudden, you have to have Barkley to win a tournament. So it's just you know it's just little lineup c- correlations like that that you know that kind of help you make decisions um, on a slate where it feels like you can't make the right decision because everybody's in a good good spot. Sure. And, and this Falcons pass D is just so atrocious that it's like, you know, why not let Zach, what Zach, why not let Dak just eat them alive, you know? And then like, I think the opportunities could come there from Zeke, you know, in the, in the red zone and on the goal line, 100% for sure. But like, there could just be, you know, 30 yard pass to Cooper, 40 yard pass to Gallup, 30 yard pass to, uh, to CD. It's like, they could just eat them up. Um, through, through the air and, and just get there there and then Zeke's not getting the opportunities that you need yeah and, and so yeah bef- we we can't we can't not talk about you know the the main pr- pr- pretty much like the person that people are putting into their lineups when they start this week and that's Jonathan Taylor there for the Colts coming in at 5700 I believe on drafting yep. 5700 goes against a Minnesota team that like you said the defense is not scaring you uh, I, I think people and and listen, you know, fifty seven hundred. Even if you're playing like redraft, right, or you're playing dynasty, like everybody kind of knows Jonathan Taylor. But you still are going to get some people who are just looking at the, the kind of box score and like, look, okay, he only had nine rushes, and you know, he he got a little bit of passing work, but only put up fourteen points. So he's not going to be as owned as he should be. So I don't think ownership is going to be a, a necessarily reason to fade him. He's he's in a great spot right here, and they definitely you know want to feed him on the ground. Naheem Hines is not going to get as many carries as you know Mark was going to get to sp- or Mac was going to get to spell him. So he he definitely is a guy where I'm you know I'm putting him into lineups and not thinking about it because at that price tag and in this matchup the way that the Colts want to play and, and I don't have faith in rivers. Um, so it kind of makes me nervous of how he's going to get red zone opportunities, but he still is just such a great play at 5,700. Oh no, I, I totally agree. And you know, what could maybe eat into some of his ownership is if we, if we get Benny Snell chalk, right. Right. I think, you know, either a people are just going to play both of them or people are going to try to fit two of, Barkley, Henry, Zeke, and they're going to say, okay, well, I need that 900 from Taylor to Snell. And we saw, you know, Hines is going to be pretty involved too. So let me just play Snell instead of Taylor. So, you know, I think that the Snell news could help Taylor's ownership maybe. Um, You know, Taylor's still projected as the highest on running back on the slate. And for good reason, you know, Minnesota looks so bad in week one. And like you said, Taylor is, he's that dude, like, 
he is <laughs> he, he is legit is. man yeah like out in space he just looks like he's playing at a com- completely different speed compared to everybody else so i don't know that i can make a team without taylor this week yeah man and it, these rookie running backs are just studs uh, he talked about uh ceh being an, another pivot too in that game and yeah you know north to start we we agree i think you know ceh coming in at 7400 um he's kind of going to get overlooked they're playing in that afternoon game there um I think he's kind of priced out as to where people want to play him or pay for him. So the ownership there is just not going to be what it, what it should be knowing what we just saw him do against Houston. I mean, he he is going to be out there on the field. Like Daryl Williams will, will come out every now and then, but like, other than that, there's nobody else to, to spell him. So he's going to be out there. He's going to be utilized in so many different ways. And, um, I, I, I definitely want to have some CEH this week um, be, because of that reason, because, he, you know, you're going to be looking at your teams. And if you hit on what you think will happen in the noon games and you have like Clyde Edwards Hilaire left while people have, you know, Lamar Jackson or, you know, Will Fuller or I'm looking at some of these other games, you know, uh, when is the Cardinals game? Cardinals game is, is that's at four. Is, yeah, that's at four too. So you know DeAndre Hopkins, Ken, Kenyon Drake, um, Terry McLaurin. Uh, you you can definitely find ways to to get the edge there on that side. Um, spe- speaking of which, and and I want to touch on uh, Rock Out too because he had a question in YouTube chat just talking about Adrian Peterson. If you have any interest in playing him this week, I don't. Um, on DraftKings, but no, because I mean, think about all these these running backs we've talked about already that are in, in right. ce- ceiling spots. Like they're not just in good spots; they're in they're in ceiling spots where they've got a path to absolutely smashing to the point where they have to be on your team or you can't win a tournament without them. And I, I don't think Peterson's workload is safe enough to even get that cute this week. Like I, right. I, if you need the value, pay down a wide receiver. There's, there, we'll talk about a lot of good re- receiver value this week that you know is has a safe floor and good upside that I would rather play instead of AP. Oh, I can't wait to hear about that. Um, I, w- I want to get your thoughts on Drake at 5,900. I I definitely have some interest in, in playing him, knowing that he is going to be in that in that later slate and people are are really on the receivers right now. And, you know, this matchup against the Washington football team, I, that's going to take me a while to get you through. <laughs> um, but at home, you know, we, we like our running backs who are favored at home. This is Drake. He He's seen the field. I know that Chase Edmonds is there to spell him, and that's kind of frustrating, you know, when you're talking about the workload that he could get. And, and possibly if they are running away with this game, uh, you could see more of Chase Edmonds than Drake. But, you know, if somehow, you know, if we get turnover Kyler, uh, you know, with the Washington defense kind of looking like they're they're going to not be great. I'm not saying that, but be a little bit better. They have talented pieces on that side. Um, is there any interest for you in, in getting some Drake? Because I'm finding builds where I can get him and play him in the flex. See, I don't know what to make of Washington because last year they were a defense we really wanted to target with the gra- opposing ground games. And right. then in week one, they they did, you know, the Eagles really struggled to run the ball, but the Eagles were missing their entire offensive line, basically. So it's a, right. you know, it's a who's who of like, are, is this Washington defense 
their front seven is going to be very, very good in the pass rush all year. That's just how they're built. But are they going to be a good run defense as well? And I think that remains to be seen. The issue I think I have with Drake is Edmonds was also being pretty utilized last week. Um, and he was getting some high value touches and, I think he even had a, a touchdown in near the goal line. Yep, yep. Um, so that kind of scares me there. And Drake's 5900 I'd rather pay $100 more for Miles Sanders, who I don't even think is listed as questionable anymore. Um, he's The Eagles are favored by one at home in a 46-and-a-half total. I think that's a really good spot. We saw Zeke have success against the Rams uh, just last week. Um, the Rams were a, a defense you could attack with running backs last year as well, especially pass-catching running backs. So – I think Miles Sanders makes a lot of sense. Um, something, a little conspiracy theory is I think the Eagles, I think they maybe thought they could win that game last week without having to run Sanders out there and risk him re-entering his hammy. Oh, geez. Okay. So, because, I mean, he logged some, he was logging practices before that game against Washington last week. It's not like he was missing practices. Like, he was out there. And then they said he's not even making the trip. So, it's right. – I don't know. It was just kind of mixed signals, but it sounds like he's already been ruled a definite, like early in the week, he's definitely playing this week. So I, I'm not worried about, you know, Miles Sanders losing work there to Boston Scott too much. And Boston Scott looked horrible last week anyways. Right. So Terrible. You got him and then you got DJ at David Johnson at 5,700 against Baltimore. I know that the Ravens are probably going to blow them out, but I mean, the Browns just ran for 130 yards on the ground against them. Uh, the Ravens gave up good rushing production last year as well. David Johnson, he's going to be involved in the pass game in games that they're losing. We saw that last week against Kansas City. Um, he's going to be out there all the whole time. So, and I even think, isn't Duke Johnson banged up? I can't remember. Yes, he is. Yes, yep. He's questionable. So, like, if Duke is out, you now – there's nobody there to even spell David at all, except for very, very rarely. And he's another guy, you know, it's all, you got all these safe workloads with, you know, guys who, if they get in close, have touchdown equity. So, right. I don't know. Man, he, this is what, like this is, this keeps going back to what I keep saying is yes. Yeah. I, I hate the slate because I can make a case for so many different guys. Right. And, the, and you know, we're, we're talking about, you know, your GPPs uh, of the worlds here. But I, re I really do think it starts with, you know, Jonathan Taylor at his price tag, Zeke in that game um, as your two running back spots. And then you're just, you know, you're if you're, you know, building only one to three lineups, you know, you're kind of playing around with that and seeing what receivers you can kind of get or what games you're really liking and going from there. But I really do think it has to start there. And then if not, you're looking for pivot pieces to um, that could probably get you that same usable score. So like a Derrick Henry uh, off of Zeke, um, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, you know, it, we kind of touched on Aaron Jones. I don't think he falls into that same category, but he's still, you know, if you're playing 20 lineups or even 150, you definitely should have some exposure to him if you're not playing Rodgers. Um, it, it, we haven't even touched on like Malcolm Brown who has kind of taken over the lead, the lead role for Rams team that's going to be traveling on the road this week um, as they play against the Philadelphia Eagles as well. And that we talked a lot about Antonio Gibson in our first look um, of going, you know, going against the Eagles there. So uh, I know Malcolm Brown will, will garner some ownership. I'm not looking to play him uh, at all myself, but him being at 5,800, you know, right around these guys uh, will definitely um, – 
will definitely garner some exposure. Uh, North of the Stars asking us here on the Periscope, Zach Moss could fall into two touchdowns against Miami. Thoughts? <laughs> no, absolutely. So uh, I actually was uh, reading an article um, done by one of the, you know, the former TFA guys, Kent Wayrock on uh, PFF today. And he did yeah. a, a compare. He does a comparison of actual fantasy points scored versus expected based on, you know, the where where guys touch the ball and like their their value, basically how high value were their touches and how they perform based on how they should have performed. And Moss was one of the guys who he scored 12 points, but based on what his touches were and like how close they were to the, the end zone he should have scored 24 fantasy points. So like, I, wow. I mean, there's another guy, you know, they're giving Moss all these high value touches like in the past game and, and near the goal line. So I, you know, Miami Rundy gave up, what was it? 220 yards on the ground versus the Patriots last week. I know most of that was to Cam, but still like, that's still a run, run defense. Yeah. I don't, I don't hate Zach Moss at all. It just goes back to there's a lot of options this week, and he just kind of gets left off the list. Yeah, man. <laughs> Running back just keeps talking to us, keeps talking to us. Uh, I wanted to touch on one more thing before we move it over to wide receiver, um, and that was da, 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 da. so the the Bears in this game on the other side. We were talking about Saquon. Um, this kind of feels and and you know it's tough to, on DraftKings because they have two usable guys, right? They got David Montgomery, they got Tariq Cohen. Tariq Cohen, obviously, you know he he is the better back, um, usually priced for, uh, because of his price because of the way he's utilized catching passes. But this feels like a game where if the Bears can kind of take control of this of this um, game, that David Montgomery could kind of fall into you know two touchdowns here against. Uh, a Giants team that just gave up a hundred yards on the ground to Benny Snell and David Montgomery. You know he he didn't look one hundred percent, but he definitely you know looked better from dealing with that growing injury that he was you know expected to miss significant time with. And so you know you kind of get him in the spot going against a Giants team that looked like they could be exposed on the ground. And I could see him, you know, kind of getting some use there while, you know, Mitchell did get that three touchdown game, you know, another three touchdown game against the Lions and that looked nice, but how he got there was ugly and they could look to kind of establish the run early and kind of take control of this game by giving David Montgomery touches. Yeah. I mean, the, the giants could come out and look awful on the other side and they just could be a slow game where, you know, they just, the bears just want to run the ball. I don't right. think the Bears ever want to just play, let's go out and let Trubisky throw the ball 100 times, um, and we'll try to win that way. I, right. I think that they definitely favor running the ball first, and if it's working, they can stick with it. My issue with Montgomery is 5,600 isn't really cheap, and he has to score two touchdowns for right. him to even come close to being a guy that you, you got to have to win a tournament. Yeah, so I, I just think, you know, with him being near Jonathan Taylor and David Johnson and Miles Sanders and Kenyon Drake, like just being priced near those guys. And even, you know, Ronald Jones is 500 below him or 400 right. below him. So it's like he's just kind of in a weird spot. Maybe if he was like upper fours, I would consider it. But 5,600, you, you need a pretty big game out of him. Yeah, I'm just seeing that price, too. Yeah, I mean, Naheem Hines at 5,300. Yeah, looks great. I, I mean, even Dobbins at fifty one hundred. Uh, who? Yeah, it, I might, think, it might be some to forget about Mark Ingram there. Yeah, and Zach Moss forty eight hundred. Like I don't even right. hate that if you need value. 
Yeah, I that's just, good too. I, I, I don't think that this is a Benny Snell blow up game again. I just, I'm not, I'm not going to ride that chalk. No, I, 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 I'm honestly, and you know, uh, this is a guy who roots for the Steelers on Sundays too. I, I, I want to um, avoid that chalk. This feels like a trap, and we just saw a trap with Boston Scott um, as well um, in in a better matchup, I, I think. Um, so I don't, I don't know if I could go there, uh, especially on DraftKings too, because he's not really catching passes out of the backfield. They're bringing in Jalen Samuels um, yeah. to to do that. So okay, so let's one other one oh, other running ahead. back. One other running back I do want to kind of touch on, maybe not for this week, but just one you know to think about going forward is James Robinson in Jacksonville. Yeah, I know yep. that's a, that's a Kev special. He wanted to play him last week, and I wouldn't let him. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he like sixteen carries and a target for ninety yards from scrimmage. Right, it's like he's going to be cheap until you know maybe he has one week where he explodes, which. You know, shouldn't be this week, I don't think, against Tennessee. But no, should um, should it be? If you're looking for a high volume guy, you know, instead of paying like a you know fifty six hundred for Montgomery, you can look at forty four hundred for for James Robinson. If you're look, you know, that's more of like a cash play because sure. I don't think he's got a massive ceiling. At least you know it's kind of an unknown. But you know, he's gonna should get you double digit fantasy points, and he's forty four hundred. So. Yeah, no that that that's a that's a good call there. I, I definitely want to keep an eye on on James Robinson and even having some of him. You know, this week he is on the road, but you you definitely love the workload that they were giving him. Um, he is their lead, their lead guy, and so you know to kind of get to get leverage on some of these other you know wide receivers that we're going to touch on that that could be that could be a good play there. Um, let's talk about the wide receivers, Maddie, uh, for this week. And at the top, we got. Uh, 8,100 Devonte Adams, um, who I wrote out in, I wrote up in my building blocks article, came on to him late, just thinking about the green Bay situation and how they had nobody. And, and he really wasn't, you know, being talked about at all last week, as far as being utilized. And he definitely paid off the 8k price tag last week. Just he's going to get double digit targets. I feel like every week. Um, with the current roster and depth chart that they have there in Green Bay. So he's going against a Detroit team that, you know, just gave up p- passes all over the place to to guys like, you know, Darnell Mooney and Javon Williams for the Bears. Allen Robinson was getting his. If Mitchell could, you know, hit him for some, it would have been a better day. Anthony Miller caught a touchdown against them. Like Devontae Adams is, is a great play again this week um one that you should be trying to figure out ways to get onto you know your rosters and definitely consider but then you have a guy like deandre hopkins who you know looks like the 2018 deandre hopkins when this dude was getting 150 targets i mean 16 targets in the first game 150 yards no touchdowns but still getting uh 30 points uh without scoring i mean that's that's ridiculous so you you definitely love that usage and he you know i i made a first build where i had you know him going to kyler uh and i know that's going to be very popular uh or kyler going to him but it's going to be very popular but you got to like what you're seeing out of that uh tyree kill 7,500 against the Chargers, and, you know, I wish Kev was on the podcast to to kind of talk about this as being the Chiefs homer, but um, one thing we've talked about before uh, time and time again is just what ridiculous splits that Tyreek has um, when he's on the road, right? Like he just, for whatever reason, outside of Arrowhead, seems to put up just massive numbers 
and you know going against a Chargers a Chargers team here where we kind of don't know how their secondary can really be exploited with that first game going against Joe Burrow in his first NFL game ever. Like the game was just so ugly. So now you have to come out here and show it. And you were talking about it too um, with Derwin being out last week, Maddie and week one and, and how, you know, exploitable possibly this, this team could be. We're definitely going to see it come to life here uh, this week when uh, Pat Mahomes gets going. So I, I love um, getting some shares to Tyree kill as the contrarian play. Um, off of, you know, we're looking at guys like Julio Jones here, who's got a Q tag. Um, looks like he was limited with the hamstring, but I think he'll go. He's going to be, you know, garnering some ownership. Um, Adam Thielen, talk about the only guy for their team. Uh, this guy is the only guy. It's just the target share is not going to be as heavy because Cousins doesn't throw the ball, you know, nearly as much as some of these other guys, but had uh, six catches for 110. Um, and two touchdowns, you know, to make his day good, 34 points there for week one. So he's another guy I think people could go to. And then, you know, we're getting into Calvin Ridley, who's the sixth price wide receiver on DraftKings this week. It's crazy, but that's where we are, where the Falcons have two guys in the top 10 because of how Matt Ryan is playing. But he comes in at 6,800. Uh, and then, you know, it's really... I kind of want to go into the mid tiers here, uh, Maddie, to be honest with you. I mean, I, 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 outside of like the top three guys of Adams, Hopkins and Hill, like, I really don't know how much I'll have of any of these guys. I I am interested in Juju Smith-Schuster because I will have big Bennett ownership, but Deontay Johnson is 4,500. So if he's healthy, I'm definitely going with him. Uh, We talked about the cheap guys for Dallas. Um, Amari Cooper, which is a guy that we both have talked about off of the off of the podcast. He's a limited participant. I, I think he's he's fine dealing with some foot thing. Fourteen targets in that first game. Amari Cooper and you you can talk about how he plays at home and everything when they're favorites because those numbers are great. But I just sixty three hundred is way too cheap for this guy and what should be a fireworks type of matchup. And it's just time and time again we've seen him put up numbers with. Uh, you know, since he's joined up with Dak there, and it's just been a resurgence since leaving Oakland. Um, and this guy is, he always gets overlooked. So I love that. Love Marquise Brown at 6,200 going against Houston. Um, when the Chiefs were just able to, you know, get some deep passes against this Houston secondary. And Marquise Brown, you know, showed us a lot in week one that he's not just going to be a deep guy, he's going to be, you know, be able to be looked at to be somewhat of a possession receiver for Lamar. So love him coming in at 6,200 against the Texans. Um, And then, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, with AJ Brown being out, do I have some interest in Corey Davis? Sure. Um, I don't know how, how much I'll have of him. Uh, You know, the Carolina guys are definitely interested, interesting to me, but it's hard to play them as one-offs. I feel like, uh, and um, who else was I uh, looking at here as I was going through the teams? Yeah, I mean, that that's pretty much where, where I'm at right now, Maddie. So so talk to me about the plays and we can talk about some of these other guys for GPPs. Yeah, so, I mean, I think you did a great job covering it up top. Um, just to touch on the ownerships, what it's looking like right now. Uh, you've got Adams and Julio that are going to be the most popular up top, followed by Tyreek. And then actually DeAndre Hopkins comes in fourth out of those four. So if you do like Kyler Murray and you want to play a team with him, 
since Christian Kirk is the chalk, I would actually pair him with Hopkins because that's going to be the not popular combo is how I would approach that. Um, But uh, yeah, I mean, all four of those guys absolutely in play. Um, I think they all have a path to a ceiling game and they all have a great floor. Uh, You touched on, you know, kind of being a little scared maybe of Ridley being the fifth highest price wide receiver. And I think I agree. I think I would rather just pay up for Julio or there is maybe my favorite value of the whole week at 4,800. My man, Russell Gage. Okay. Here we what go. If, what if I told you that Russell Gage since week 12 of last year has averaged eight and a half targets a game. And Whew. last year as a whole, he finished tied for third in red zone targets on the Falcons. And he already had two red zone targets week one, which was second on the team behind Ridley who had three. I would say so, get some of them damn targets. to at 4,800. <laughs> <laughs> true. So at 4,800, you're giving me a guy who can, who's averaging nine targets a game and is having red zone usage and he's 4,800 and he's currently projected to be unowned. He's yeah. a, like, I think he's a, he's the pivot of the week off of your Christian Kirk and your Deontay Johnson. I, I think Russell Gage, I mean, he just went for a hundred yards last week on 12 targets and nobody's going to play him against Dallas, which is known for getting shredded by, by slot receivers. Do you, do you have uh, ownership numbers for wide receivers? Because I would I be do. willing to, I'd be willing to say that Russell Gage is more popular than Deontay right now. So I've got Deontay as the second highest owned wide receiver on the slate. What? Behind only Devontae Adams. Okay. All right. And then let's see. Where is Mr. Russell Gage? Russell Gage is not even on the top three pages. Wow. Okay. Russell Gage is coming in around like 35. 35th highest on water receiver. Yeah, I've seen this guy on so many waivers and redraft teams and dynasty teams. So I, I figured he was going to be a little bit more popular than definitely yeah. three pages. in. That's, that's what I'm saying. Like I thought Gage and Deontay would be the popular and I was going to play Christian Kirk because of that. Right. But now Christian Kirk is actually the guy that everybody wants to play. And with Deontay and nobody wants to play Russell Gage instead. So like I said, I'm going to let the field tell me which values and which, you know, which guys I'm going to play this week based on who they're not playing. And they're not right. playing Russell Gage because they're playing the other two guys. Okay, I'm playing Russell Gage at 4,800 against Dallas in a 53 and a half total. Yeah, that's that's nice. And when we talk about, you know, good ways to be contrarian, I mean, that is a game that we expect to have points. And Russell Gage is seeing targets. So Russell Gage can definitely pop. And the ownership is not justifying um, what he could, what his ceiling is potential to be. So yeah, yeah I, I I love that, Maddie. I love that call. Um, how would you how would you rank uh the guys outside? So after Amari Cooper for Dallas, are you go are you looking to Gallup more or you would you be looking to CD Lamb more? Um, I think Lamb is probably gonna be more popular because he's cheaper. But man, I'm a I'm a big Gallup guy. I you know. We, I don't even think we'd be having this conversation if they didn't rule off that Gallup catch on Ramsey that they called oh offensive gosh. pass interference that was it wasn't even a push off. But hey, Mister Flop, Mister Flop, yeah, <laughs> nothing like getting paid millions of dollars to to flop. But uh, I digress. Uh, no, yeah. So it, it would be if I was choosing, it would be Amari and Gallup would be the two um, 
Dallas pass catchers that I go with. And yeah. you mentioned Amari smashes at home and there's no, like when he play, he usually struggles when there's a top cornerback on the other side and there's, there's no top corners for um, Atlanta. Beautiful They're, thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I really like that game and I like Russell Gage. Beautiful thing. I love that. Yeah, Russell Gage is, is definitely – I'm going to have to look into to him a little bit on some builds if that really is what his ownership is going to be. Again, this is Thursday. Could change, um, especially with Julio having that Q tag. But, my goodness, if Julio has the Q tag and then ends up playing, um, you know, people will, will still play him, and then Russell could definitely, you know, fall down fall down the charts there. Um, with the Packers, too, having cheap guys, we got Lazard in the – 5,300, I think, is where he's coming in on DraftKings, and and MVS is priced right around where Deontay is. So how do you rank those guys um, as they come in this week? Uh, I haven't looked at their two specifically, their ownerships, but I think I side with Lazard this week over MVS just because MVS had the yeah. big game last week. And isn't Coleman out for, for it, Detroit, their slot yeah, corner? Col- yeah, so Col- Coleman's out, True Font. I think we'll miss too, um, as he got banged up in that same game against against the Bears. So yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be wills up for this Packers uh, offense, the wide receiver group there. Uh, MVS, you know, he we could be talking a different story about him. He drops, you know, drops a couple passes, one being a long bomb for Rodgers, and you know, leads to Deont- leads to Devontae having a big game, leads to Lazard kind of you know getting there as well too. So yeah. I I, I lean more Lazard as well, um, as well. But it, it it does need to be said that you know Rogers was trying to find MVS on some of these plays early. So I do think he'll he'll definitely put up usable weeks or, yeah. or winning weeks, not usable winning weeks. Um, but I wanted to get your take there. Um, one more thing before we move on. Well, two more, I guess. So what, Washington um, pass catchers. Well, let me do that next because I'll want to use that to segue into tight end for Washington. So before we get into Washington pass catchers, um, how do you feel about Preston Williams this week? Um, I know that Devontae Parker is on the injury report. I'm not sure what the status is, but he could miss, um, which could then put Tredavious White on him. Uh, it, it would be in, in that game. Preston Williams, that is. Um, but if Devontae Parker were to play and, and Tredavious is on – Devontae, could we see, you know, some plays going breaking favorable for Preston Williams in this game? I don't want to play anybody against Buffalo. I think their okay. defense is too good. I'd rather play a guy like uh, Jalen Rager at 4,100. No, that's fair. One catch for 55 yards, Jalen Rager. Yeah, um, and we would also be having a different conversation about him if Wentz didn't completely miss him. He was wide open for like a 70-yard touchdown and Wentz overthrew him by about two yards. Oh, it just so he would have had two catches for probably 125 yards and a touchdown. Oh, yeah, it just that's the it's just plays, dude. Plays can make it make or break it. Yeah, so Rager, I mean, 4,100, he's a he's a epitome of a tournament play because you know they're gonna target him deep. Um, you know, I, I still don't know what his volume is gonna be. Because only four targets last week, you would think it would be a little bit higher than that. But it was his first game, you know, as a rookie. So I guess maybe they could Definitely. be easing him in back from his shoulder. But, I mean, it's not like it was a leg injury where he needs to monitor his snaps. So I don't know. 
I think he's an interesting, very interesting tournament play at 4,100. You can definitely do worse than that. Yeah, I hear, I hear you there, brother. Um, okay, so Washington pass catchers, uh, Terry McLaurin, he was, you know, we thought that he was mispriced, and he was. He was mispriced last week, 5,600. Um, you know, seven targets, five for 61, didn't score a touchdown, but, you know, still uh, 11.1 points. It's not going to really get you there. If you played him in cash, it really didn't kill you, I don't think, last week if you had the other right place to go along with it. But he comes in at 5,900 against this Arizona team that's just going to play fast pace, right? They're going to try and just put up points, be fast paced, give them, give Washington more opportunities to have the ball in their hands. And so with those more opportunities, even at five, nine, you know, are you interested in playing McLaurin? And I think he could, you know, maybe he's a pivot off of somebody that we'll talk about at tight end. Yeah. I think McLaurin would be the guy that I run in a stack, a game stack there. Like if you're playing Kyler Murray and you need Washington to keep up and avoid the Cardinals, just running the ball. It would be Terry McLaurin on the other side that I'd run as opposed to Logan Thomas. Yeah, I mean, we saw we saw the ceiling games that McLaurin can have uh, last year, and he can do it on, on limited targets. So, you know, and Pat Pete, like, Pat, Pat Pete is – he's getting kind of dusty, getting, getting a little old. So. <laughs> is he? I, he's getting a little dusty, he's, dusty? He's getting a little dusty. So, I think some young, fresh legs, uh, the speed of McLaurin, I think, you know, he can make plays, especially, you know, they're playing from behind. Last week they played from in front. Uh, for you know once they took the lead in the third quarter they didn't look back so yeah I I like McLaurin in that game especially if you're game stacking it I yeah I hear you too I think I I I think I tend to agree with that especially where he uh his projected ownership is looking to come in at um okay I think if if you don't have anything else um I think those oh we gotta we gotta talk about this so Paris Campbell um, he's been oh, getting yes. blown, I'm glad you blown, up, up. blown up on Twitter. He's blown up on Twitter. Uh, talk about somebody who looks dusty. Is that, is that T Y Hilton, uh, which would pay me because I love T Y Hilton have, uh, for a long time, but, uh, Paris Campbell looks like he is going to take over this offense, nine targets last week, six catches for 71, um, even got a rushing attempt there. So they're definitely looking for ways to utilize him in the office. Uh, Michael Pittman doesn't look ready. So you you outside of T.Y. Hilton, like you got Jack Doyle, you got Michael Pittman, uh, Naheem Hines is going to see some carries. You got a rookie at running back like Paris Campbell might have carved out a role for himself in this offense. No, yeah, I totally agree. And the uh, all the reports out of training camp uh, leading up to the season were saying that Philip Rivers does not want to throw the ball down the field. He wants to work you know, the short middle part of the field wants to target the running backs and the, and the tight ends a lot. Well, Paris Campbell is going to run a ton of little drags and slants across the middle of the field, you know, for within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage. And that's, that's right up the alley of, of Philip rivers who wants to play ball control, you know, with right. this, they're going to try to rely on the run game and control the, control the ball and, you know, not turn the ball over. And Paris Campbell fits that. And like, he is a, he is very deadly when he gets the ball in his hands, you know, he's got four, three speed um, and a lot of yards after catch. So he doesn't necessarily need the air yards um, to really to pay off. And we saw nine targets in, in week one tied T.Y. Hilton for the team lead. So I think he's here to stay. And he's also a guy 4,500, I, I give me give me Paris engage this week over over Deontay and Kirk. 
and they're they're, they're all projected yeah. so similar. Just give me the give me the lower owned guys. Yeah, I can't, I, Deontay, I, I I love him, and I, that's because how much Big Ben I'm going to have. But yeah, Paris Campbell will make it onto builds. That is without question. Um, if he's going to be seeing this this work, and I mean, uh, with looking just even thinking about thinking back to you know what we're getting out of wide receivers from the Chargers, you know, Mike Williams going out there like days when Travis Benjamin was paying off because Philip Rivers had to throw it near 50 times and not to mention Keenan Allen being that possession guy for him uh, doing everything that he wanted with Austin Eckler too being in the backfield. So um, we have yet to see, I mean, we think Naheem Hines can definitely take on that Austin Eckler role, but we know that there's going to be anywhere from, you know, 30 to near 50 passes from Philip Rivers on a given week, just of how the style he plays. And so that means there's a lot of targets to go around. Paris I mean, Campbell. Two, also, if you if you think about it also, like with Mac being out, I don't think they're just gonna give, you know, Jonathan Taylor 25 carries. Right. I don't think they're gonna give Naheem Hines double, you know, he's not gonna come in and just run the ball either. That's not what he's there for. He's there to catch passes. So I think, you know, with Mac being out, we could see maybe Rivers drop back to pass more than maybe he normally would. Yeah. Just yeah, because of I, the, the makeup of the offense. I agree. I I definitely agree with that. So, yeah, I, want, I wanted to make sure that we, we touched on Paris Campbell because I know that even though we haven't gotten a comment yet on him, that people will definitely be looking to play him. I'm really uh, glad you brought him up because he's one of my favorite plays this week. Hell yeah, man. My mind. Watch okay, it. I'm so, trying to watch the end of this Bengals Browns game at the same time. I hear you. I hear you. We got a, a minute 30 left in the game there. Jo- Joey B trying to make it a respectable, respectable loss. I'm he's trying down. to cover the spread, is what he's trying to do. Yeah, man. And, and we would definitely <laughs> appreciate that. My DraftKings Sportsbook account would definitely appreciate that for sure. Um, okay, let's let's move on to tight ends as we're getting ready to round out this podcast here with tight ends and defense. But I wanted to bring up the the Washington situation because I really was just built making builds, uh, Maddie, uh, all this week and and just looking at Logan Thomas's. Uh, price and saying, how am I not going to have this guy? And that's when I was like, well, I guess I'm playing uh, cash this week. Um, I didn't play cash <laughs> last week, but he is going to be the chalk tight end at 3,600. Um, just of how he was utilized in that offense, eight targets um, coming in. And, you know, I'm looking at this blurb here from DraftKings where Jeremy Sprinkle technically got the the start, but he was only limited and, and Thomas is on the field for 74% of the plays. Like, you know, this is a guy who I had him on some team. I have him on some dynasty teams. I got him in redraft late, um, picked him up off waivers. This, if he's going to be able to see this type of usage within this offense that is normally going to be playing from behind in games, as we think that they are, then I, I, I want to have some piece of that And 3,600 for a tight end. I mean, you really don't need him to do a lot to kind of, payoff so I'm looking to play him get some exposure to some of the other higher pieces and not really have to chase there or not chase but not really having to guess there of who the tight end is going to be that goes off but of course this will be the week that uh, high tight ends play high price tight ends pay off so let's talk about it we got Kelsey at the top 7,000 George Kittle uh, uh, you know a little disappointing there he's dealing with a knee so he was a non-participant in today's practice. We'll have to monitor that going forward. He's 6,700 going against the Jets. Mark Andrews coming in at 6,300, who was another guy that I kind of got on late to kind of get exposure to the Ravens offense there and, you know, paid off 
nicely. 6,000 price tag. He brought back 22 or yeah, 22 points um, in week one matchup with two touchdowns. I mean, he, and the fact that he was on the field even more so than his, his average was before you definitely love to see that um, Zach Ertz at 5,600 and man, Maddie, this is going to be tough with Philly tight ends with Dallas Goddard and, and Kev, I think was the one, or maybe it was you, but I know one of you guys brought it up last week. It was where me. it was you. Okay. Give credit where credit's due. So, you know, the way that they're running the 12 personnel there in Philly and just, the way that Goddard's kind of just coming into his own, it's going to be hard to pay up for Zach Ertz on weeks. And it's going to be hard to kind of guess which one who's going to pop off. And this is a team, you know, Carson Wentz is not, he's not a guy that's just going to pepper his favorite target, you know, 12 to 13 times a game. He's going to get Rager involved, DJX involved, Sanders involved now that he's back, Goddard, Ertz. It's, it's just going to be a roulette of guys of who you're, you know, going to be able to trust. So I'm just avoiding that situation for now. Um, You know, I guess if we're looking under 5K, um, Hayden Hurst does interest me. I had a ton of him uh, in week one. Disappointed a little bit, kind of missed some opportunities there. Um, Had six points, so it didn't kill you necessarily, but I definitely expected more. And I'm wondering if I can get, you know, with the way that the – the injuries to the Dallas defense with Van Der Esch being out and Sean Lee being out and, um, all, you know, just they're, they have so many injuries going on right now. I'm wondering if I can take advantage of that going back to Hayden Hurst again in this game and getting a cheap piece of this offense. Um, I know you, you were talking about Russell Gage, but that's that was a guy. He's 4,600 uh, that I was looking at getting some exposure to um, without AJ Brown being out there, I do have a little bit of interest in Johnny Smith. Johnny Smith, um, we were kind of talking about that Denver uh, Steelers game where we we're talking about quarterbacks, and he saw seven targets against Denver. Um, now, Denver's been a team where I, I've kind of looked to target tight ends against them of how they play. Um, so there's definitely a favorable matchup for them. But this Jacksonville defense is, is nothing special. Um, seeing seven targets, AJ Brown is out. He's going to be, uh, he's going to see his fair share of work. And, you know, nice little pivot there off of Corey Davis, who I think, you know, we'll see a majority of the ownership to. Um, and then we, you know, talk about these <laughs> Tampa Bay tight ends. You know, Gronk, it was his first game back in however many years since he's been playing. So, you know, he was dusting, getting dusted off there. But O.J. Howard, he falls into a touchdown late. So it kind of made his score more respectable. Um, so I'd be curious to see if you have any interest in in those guys there. But Talk to me about where your head's at with with tight end, knowing that Logan Thomas is is the chalk this week. Uh, so don't play Logan Thomas. We'll okay, just, we'll start there. I again, I, I think you know, with all these good spots, I don't think it makes sense to load up on a guy who's you know never had a sizable role in any NFL offense ever. Um, and he's you know he came in, he played quarterback in college, and he's turned his athleticism into a tight end position. But I think you, I so just to you know t- talk as as a general in general uh, on the tight end position, I think you nailed Philly on the head um, with Miles Sanders, especially coming back into the fold, you know, maybe Rager gets a little more action. Uh, I think the prices that they're at, you know, last week I liked Goddard because he was 4,100. And then this week now he's in the 5k range and you've got Zach Ertz around the same price. I think they're just kind of going to kind of cannibalize each other um, to the point where they maybe have right. good games, but not necessarily reach their ceilings. Because like I'd rather pay I'd rather pay sixty three hundred for Andrews as opposed to fifty six hundred for Ertz, 
And then I'd rather play Hunter Henry at 5,100 against the tight end funnel defense and the Chiefs than I would paying that same price for Goddard. And I really do like your, your call on Hayden Hurst. I think, you know, he's, he is an athletic tight end. Uh, he, and he flashed a, even flashed a diving catch last week. Um, I just think, you know, I think the Falcons realized that they could attack with their wide receivers and didn't necessarily, you know, target Hurst because of that. They, you know, when you can target Julio and Ridley all over the field, you do it. And right. so I, I think that, you know, this Dallas defense, their linebacking core is the weakest spot of their defense. And I, I think you're, you see a lot of success over the middle of the field um, in the past game. And I, we targeted tight ends against Dallas last year. And, you know, week one, Higby had a solid game. And so, like, I, I especially if you're game stacking that game, that's probably the only way I get to Hearst is, is whether I'm stacking Dak or Matt Ryan. Um, just sure. because I, I really like Hunter Henry at 5,100 against the Chiefs because, you know, he's got a 100-yard and two-touchdown upside, and I don't know if Hurst has that. Yeah, um, not that we've seen, at least. Yeah, so, you know, I I would rather pay the 400 extra or 500 extra for Hunter Henry if I'm, you know, if I'm not stacking the Cowboys-Rams, I think is how I would go. Yep. And yep. then if I'm going cheap, give me the – Give me the other tight end in that Washington game. Oh, boy. Dan Arnold. Here we go. Oh, geez. Dan Arnold. I mean, he's their, he's their, he's their pass-catching tight end, right? And so, right. you know, they've got Hopkins out there. They've got Kirk. But, I mean, outside of those two guys, I mean, Fitz, Fitzgerald's getting kind of dusty. You know, not, they haven't really shown an interest in targeting Isabella a bunch. Um you know, they utilize Drake in the pass game a little bit. But, I mean, if Dan Arnold goes out and catches four passes for 40 or 50 yards and a touchdown and at his little cheap price of, like, 3K, I mean, I would probably only play him, too, in a game stack. You know, these these fringe-type guys where it's like, you know, they kind of have a path to a ceiling, but not really. Right. I think they're, they're more suited for, for game stacks because – you know, if Dan Arnold has a big game, that likely mean, means Kyler Murray's having a big game. So. Yes, yes. And and definitely, I mean, now, you know, you're talking about Dan Arnold. We, we talked about him in week one, right? Like you and you and Kev were excited to play him. Um, but there were so many other tight ends that, that could get you, you know, kind of usable scores. And if, you know, if people are playing Logan Thomas at 3,600 and he goes out there and he only gets you 11, but you get Dan Arnold, and, you know, he gets 50 and a touchdown. Now you've just got an edge on the field over that. You've saved salary at the tight end position. You've avoided – you've gotten a couple more points, which we know can definitely make a difference, especially in single-entry tournaments. Um, you know, three to four points can kind of put you, you know, over the edge at some, po- at some point. So um, definitely if you're, you know, if you're playing um, – if you're playing a ton of teams and you want to get a little bit frisky, or if you're going with the game stack there, um, having some exposure in that regard could, could definitely pay off. Um, I mean, that is ahead. a matchup that Goddard just went for a hundred yards and a, and a score. Right. Right. And, and Ertz, you know, didn't do terribly as well yeah. too. So like tight end, tight ends being utilized. Um, no, that's, that's interesting, Matty. I, I definitely love that. I mean, that's why we're the D-Gen Nation pod. We got to look at all the angles. Uh, of the of the top tight ends, let's just say that Kittle, he's dealing with this knee injury. So, you know, if he was expected to miss, I mean, my goodness, you know, what are we looking at there? Are we looking at 
Uh, is it Jordan Reed there? Uh, yeah, I guess it has to be. Don't they get? Yeah. Don't they get? Ayuk is coming back this week, right? Okay. Um, I haven't I haven't looked too much into that, but yeah, that's that's definitely a possibility. Yeah, I think uh, he's back, and also the 49ers just get so weird with how they allocate yeah, their targets out. Cause like you got Jarek McKinnon, who's now going to be he- pretty, you know, he can be heavily involved in the pass game um, out of the backfield. And, you know, that kind of can work similar to, you know, using a tight end in the middle of the field. So sure. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked if they get creative with pass catching running backs to kind of help fill Kittle's void as opposed to just, Hey, Jordan Reed, yeah, go out here and do it. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to make of that situation. I, that's a situation I just kind of need to see it. And yeah, also, I, I will say Kittle is kind of a superhuman because didn't he like do this hyperextended knee thing last year too? And he ended up playing the next week. That it, no, and oh like my god, for like yeah. hundred yards and so, like something stupid. You're right. Late in the season. Late in the season. You're right. Um, we're, we were just like Kittle just like tore his ACL five days ago, and now he just went for over 100 yards. <laughs> it was like 170. Like it was something stupid. Hey man, yeah. I mean, and, and especially the. I mean, and we saw Jerry Rice kind of rip into them. If anybody saw that, um, Jerry Rice was ripping into these wide receivers, uh, or even the players who were out there kind of celebrating and not really scoring a touchdown. I think he was referring to the wide receivers specifically, but um, the wide receivers look like ass. Um, so Kittle is definitely, you know, he he is a tight end. He's at the tight end position, but you treat him like a wide receiver. And so you're getting a 6,700 wide receiver there. Uh, it's not really a tight end position, but um, <clears throat> with, with Andrews and, and Kelsey uh, being, being high priced there, are you, are you looking to get to them at, at all? Um, like if you're playing a Pat Mahomes and I know you only play three rosters, Maddie, but let's say somebody throws in Pat Mahomes, like, would that be a place that you look to get to? Um, would you be looking to get to Andrews on Lamar Jackson teams? Are you saying, you know what, these tight ends, they're great, but point per dollar, are they paying off what I can get elsewhere? So I think on a Pat Mahomes team, I don't think you need Kelsey because Tyreek Hill could end up catching one or two touchdowns and uh, they could involve Edwards Hilaire that like five yard touchdown catch or something like that. Uh, we've seen Sammy Watkins get, you know, catch touchdowns. And I know Demarcus Robinson is not somebody we want to play, but I mean, he's somebody that, you know, Mahomes has shown like he's going to, th- he's going to throw to him when it, even if it's, you know, near the end zone, he doesn't care. He's just going to throw to whoever's open. And Robinson would have caught, I think it was one or two touchdowns last week if he didn't drop them. Like Mahomes will target other guys other than Kelsey. And I think you can save $1,900 and just play the tight end on the other side in that game and play Hunter Henry. Because if the Chargers are keeping up, it's because of Hunter Henry. And you need the Chargers to keep up if you're going to pay up for Mahomes. So um, I think I would just go Henry there. But I think if you're playing Lamar, you absolutely have to play Andrews. I mean, yeah, yeah. He ran I, what 87, <laughs> 87% of Lamar's dropbacks he ran around, whereas last right. year it was only 50 to 60%. So now we not only have the efficient touches, we are getting volume. He, he's got maybe one or two more games of what he's doing in week one. Um, not, not even the two touchdowns, but I'm talking about running the routes and mm-hmm. just being involved. Um, and we're, we're putting him into that upper echelon tier. I mean, oh, absolutely. He's, he's here. 
Um, and I know he was getting drafted like that in some regards, and, and that's definitely paying off for people um, in, re, in redraft leagues. But this dude is amazing, and uh, it's it's a treat to watch. Um, all right, Maddie, let's do so. We round out tight ends there. Let's uh, let, let's talk about defenses and wrap this up with our with our team build. And before we get into defense, guys, you can see it if you're watching us. Thank you so much if you've been with us. Uh, two man pod, ninety minutes in, uh, just in typical degen nation fashion. But uh, if you're you know coming in late or if you just scroll through the the podcast or you scroll through the YouTube video, go follow us on Twitter at DJ Nation Pod. That's where you can find us in the Fantasy Authority channels. You know, we're we're out, out there too at fantasy or at FF underscore authority is where you can find Fantasy Authority on Twitter. Um fantasyauthority.com as we said earlier you know tons of content that's where you go for everything that you need um in relation to fantasy authority uh that right there on the website and instagram we got content going on over there the fantasy authority um follow myself on twitter at ryan alexander underscore w you can follow maddie on twitter at maddie dfs and then our our usual co-host the third wheel who's not with us tonight but that's kevin Steele, the godfather the guru the tfa god um he's on twitter at fantasy rat 13 uh maddie we got we got defenses here that we need to talk about um and i know you're the pay down king so uh before you before you get there i just want to say am i crazy for wanting to play the dolphins this week at home against josh allen yes and no okay so you you, i'm playing them because the turnovers right they're at home uh josh allen is is still josh allen you know he can i feel like he can get there and the defense can still be usable you know and and you're talking about a miami defense that is not minimum but a hundred dollars over the minimum at 2100 um playing playing at home you know they, they just faced the uh, new england team so they're looking to get the ship ship righted here a little bit and and josh allen you know just he he is going to make some mistakes it it just is that's what he that's what he's going to do he just hasn't found he just hasn't found his rhythm i don't feel like in the nfl yet so he's making throws that he shouldn't be making um trying to keep plays alive and, and that's leading to to costly turnovers so i'm i don't really know so much about the Miami defensive unit as a whole, but I know that they're going against Josh Allen and that could still pay off dividends at 2100. You know, as, as you just talked through it with me, I'm on board. (laughs) have Have you ever played a slate of anything before and you go like kind of all in on something and then the very next slate, that player, when you don't play them, they go absolutely nuclear. Yep. We were all in on the du- damn Dolphins defense last week, and That's they got right. two points. We got bamboozled by Cam. And now if I don't play them, I know what's going to happen. They're going to pick six Josh Allen twice is what's going to happen. And, That's I mean, right. you, like, you, you kind of talk about it. We know Josh Allen can be turnover prone when he, you know, because he likes to throw the ball downfield. He threw 46 times week one in a game that they controlled from the very first play against the Jets. And he still threw 46 times. So are they just going to say, you know, forget about Singletary, forget about Moss. Let's just throw the ball this year. Hey, man. And if that's the case, give me Byron Jones and Xavier Howard and this uh, new revamped Dolphins defense against Josh Allen. I will gladly take that at 2100. I just it's the price tag, right? It's twenty one hundred. Um, 
you know, like like you said, we just went back there last week and it was against the Patriots. And I feel like, you know, yeah, it, it was minimum. So, you know, you're not really regretting that all too much. And there was only one defensive score right against the uh, against the Buccaneers, against Tom Brady. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, you kind of it really didn't kill us last week. But, the, you know, this week, uh, looking at the Dolphins, I, I like them. Um, also, before, too, go ahead. Just, no, just to back you up, Vegas likes it, too. Five and a half point spread in a 41 total. Okay. Yeah, let's go. Let's so, I mean, go. it's a, a low scoring, close game that they think, you know, the Dolphins can hang around in. But the, the 41 total sticks out for me for a defense. Hell yeah. No, definitely. I, I just saw them and I and I had to get them. Um, I went to, before, you know, you, you probably have some defenses that you like, Matty. And before we get there, I just want to talk about uh, a YouTube comment that we got at the beginning of the show. And my boy, Ray Gamer, Ray underscore Gamer, he stuck around, get his question answered. So, Ray, we appreciate you listening in. Uh, we, we're going to get your question answered right now. He asked about defense. So he's got the Titans defense versus Jaguars or Saints defense uh, against the Raiders on Monday is what he's looking at. I, I'm, I, oh man, I, I would tend to, it's crazy, but I would tend to lean. Well, damn. Both I, I want to stay Saints. They're both on the road. They're both on the road. Let's I, see I what, let's stay see what Saints. Vegas Let's see because what Vegas the, thinks. The playmakers. Um, so Saints are favored by five and a half in a 49 and a half total. And then I think this line's backwards. This says Jaguars minus eight. That's got to be Jaguars plus eight, right? Oh, yeah. It has to be. Okay. So Titans are favored by eight in a 44 total. I don't yeah. know. Is, is Minshew turnover prone? I haven't really, you know, I haven't really done that much digging on him because I don't really care about turnovers for Minshew in terms of fantasy points. Let me pull it. Let me pull I, it. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. What I do know this is that, you know, Drew Drew Locke definitely had opportunities against this team, uh, this Titans defense. Now they were missing Evans, uh, who started the game and then got disqualified because he, you know, th- threw a punch or something like that, if I if I recall correctly. So yep. their middle linebacker is going to be back, their defensive captain. So that's definitely going to change things for them a little bit. But Drew Locke was it, you know, he was finding he, he got Noah Fant. He got Jerry Judy, you know, g- going a little bit. Judy had, a, you know, a drop there that kind of cost them the game, you could argue, in some regards. Um, except for Vic Fangio's, you know, incompetence and in calling timeouts. But, uh, you know, I, I did see this 10 of Tennessee defense ways to get exposed. And if we're not getting AJ Brown on the other side, you know, is this game, I don't know. I guess it could be like a defensive game then, right? Could slow down. Yeah. Yeah. looking, Looking at Minshew last year, he was sacked two or more times in 12 of the 14 games that he played. I just told you how awful awful the Jags uh, offensive line is. And he also threw an interception in five out of the 14 games. So, yeah. Okay. Tennessee, you know, like you said, uh, their Safer. linebacker who got ejected, like that was yeah. a, that was important, you know, that that he missed right. that, that game because he's like a, he's the heart and soul of that defense. And they've got Clowney. Yeah, the the Raiders can do some weird stuff. Like Carr, I don't really think Carr is – I can look him up too if you want to talk about another defense. Like for DFS purposes, I'll pull up yeah. Carr's numbers. But I, I, I lean, I lean the Titans. I lean the Titans 
Um, That's fair. Facing I, yeah, I, I, the Saints are on the road, and I, you know, I tend to just I, I I know their defense better because of the stars that are on that D. But they they are on the road there. Um, you know, we'll we'll see we'll see if the Raiders are for real. Um, if they you know are going to keep keep it going with Josh Jacobs here, if they're going to you know let Derek Carr you know the training wheels off. But you know he's got to he's going to be able to have to find some of these guys like Darren Waller, um, you know, didn't, didn't really have a great game there on Sunday. Um, Rugs, you know, got a little bit banged up. Edwards j- didn't look great. So it's, it's Josh Jacobs or bust, but um, you know, we got at the top, go ahead. I was just going to finish off the question Carr only threw eight picks in 16 games last year. So, yeah, you know, he, he took good care of the ball. Um, and Game manager. Hasn't, hasn't the Raiders offensive line gotten better over the last couple of years too? Yeah, no, I think, I think they've, I think they've done a lot of things to kind of build off of the, you know, the opportunities they've had and they've, you know, garnered so many draft picks and they, you know, kind of, it seems like they're just building around there for, for a future of this offense. And so, so yeah, that, that game, could, that game could be weird too. It's on Monday night. It could um, be. So you you yeah the the Titans, Titans probably are the Titans. safer safer play there. So Ray, appreciate you sticking around to to hear us talk of that out. But uh, Maddie, let's talk about these defenses before we close it out here. So we got uh, 49ers at the top at 4K going against the Jets on the road. Buffalo on the road against Miami at 3900. Steelers come in at the third highest price at 3800, which you know. It seems like people will chase that number because of what they were able to do um, on Monday Night Football. Bear, Bears, for, for some reason, I guess because of all the sacks that Pittsburgh garnered, but uh, the Giants are, are the Bears against the Giants are 3,700, the fourth highest price. Absolutely no way. Um, so outside of the Dolphins, uh, what what I guess what I'm looking at is, you know, where I can get. Uh, where I feel like I can get opportunities um, from, you know, turnovers. And am I, am I crazy to think that, you know, playing the Cardinals defense when I, I, I know that they, you know, they really don't have that many playmakers, but they're going against Dwayne Haskins, you know, in a home game that they should win favorably. And, they come in at 3,000, you know, kind of middle of the pack. But what's what's funny about defense this week, Maddie, is if you look at the uh, the OPRRK there where we, use, you know, usually can see red, neutral, or green, there's no green light defense this week. So you see a ton at the top, and it's just red, 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 and a couple of grays, and that's about it. So really no, like, favorable matchups, quote-unquote. Because um, they both really tonight on Thursday. <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So yeah, I'm in, I'm interested in, in the Cardinals at 3K, but I'll probably just have a ton of the Miami defense on DraftKings at 2100. I like that. The I like the the Dolphins call, and I, I really don't mind the Cardinals call too, especially if uh, nobody's going to play them because they want to play Logan Thomas. I the only other defense that I see that's you know remotely cheap would be the Rams, if. Uh, Philly is without starting linemen again. Okay. Washington just had eight sacks and forced two turnovers um, right. last week. Right. So you get Aaron, Aaron Donald against some backups. Yes, please sign me up for yes. that. Yes, yes, that could be that could be that could be nice. And we we will have to talk about it at some point. Like, and maybe it's after this game. You know, let's see what the Eagles do. But the, this Eagles team could be struggling with wins, dude. 
I don't want to I don't want to say it, but you know, they did draft Jalen Hurts. Maybe yeah. it was for a reason. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I digress. But yeah, that's that's where we're looking at for the DJ Nation pod on defense. Again, you know, paying up a, a for 4K or near 4K for a defense, I mean, you really have to get them to score a touchdown or to go just berserk, you know, and go go like what Washington was getting. Defensive touchdowns are completely random too. Right. Like obviously they can happen they're more likely to happen if you can get like a sack fumble or you get pressure on the quarterback and he you know throws one up as he's getting hit and throws an interception. Like those are obviously you can create more opportunities by getting pressure more pressure on the quarterback, which is you know why people want to play the Steelers and whatnot. But at the right. same time, the touchdowns are completely random and it can happen. Like we saw the the Saints last week pick six Tom Brady, the, the GOAT. So <laughs> <laughs> right. It's like oh man. Crazy. Only one. Only one. So yeah. So that that's that's defenses. That's where we're looking. And and Maddie, we we, you know, it's a tradition. We can't let Kev not being here on the pod break the tradition. So we got it, we gotta build a team, man. And if we if we hit it, I'm gonna enter it into a single entry uh GPP. Um I'll I'll tweet it out like I did last week. I'll I'll tweet it out, let people know where we entered it in and kind of what our roster is. And again, this is on Thursday, so um, some of these plays could be subject to change, but we got to do the week two lineup for the Degen Nation pod um, for the main slate here. And guys, if you if you're tuning in, and I see I see people who are coming in and uh, who've been joining us. You know, it's Degen Nation podcast. You find us on Twitter at Degen Nation Pod. Your host. Ryan Williams, myself at Ryan Alexander underscore W, Maddie Dickinson at Maddie DFS, and then Kev Steele, who's not with us tonight, but you know he's going to be back and ready to go for week three. He just took a little hiatus. Uh, he's at Fantasy Rat 13. So uh, go ahead and follow us. And guys, thank you so much for for sticking around and thank you for uh, the, the ratings and all the love that we've been getting. We really appreciate it. Um, that's been coming in. You know, and, and I said last week, if you guys go out, rate and review the podcast anywhere, or it, let's even take it another further step. If you if you like a video, comment on YouTube, um, or you know, send us a message on Twitter. I'm sending money so you can play DFS yourself. I'll send you five bucks to to your account. Just tell me um, how you want it sent to you. Reach out to us directly, and we'll get that done. Just for leaving a five star rating uh, on the podcast on the on your podcast software, or uh, leaving uh, giving us a like on like, subscribe, and a comment on YouTube. And I want to hook you guys up. So appreciate everybody showing us love. DJ Nation's got to give back. So, um, Maddie, we got the week two DFS slate. You want to start it off, or you want me to start it off with this build? Well, I think in honor of Kev being in the comments, we let him start it off. Okay. He wants, he wants Tyreek at wide receiver. He, he wants in, even though he's not on the pod. He wants fair. in. So technically, <laughs> he didn't miss the pod. He's still contributing. Hey, we love that. We love that. All right. Give the, give the people what they want. Let's go. Kev, Tyreek Hill at wide receiver. That's fine. Uh, Maddie, you pick it up from there. No, you, you go. Because I, okay. I, I, I don't want to take the I – don't, I don't want the reins. Please don't make me so, do that. That's fine. I'm going to Mari Cooper then at wide receiver. Okay. All right, I'll go somewhat chalky with a lock, Jonathan okay. Taylor. That's fair. Um, let's see if Kev can can get in there and uh, and see if he wants to, you know, continue this on as Kev is Kev has got secondary duties this week. But um, you know, we we gotta 
show him love and let him be able to get in. So right now we got Jonathan Taylor. He's a running back. We got Tyreek Hill at wide receiver and Amari Cooper as another wide receiver, uh, which leaves us about 5,000 per player remaining salary of 30 K and 500. And it looks like Kev wants Miles Sanders at running back at six. I like it. I like it. So we got uh, Jonathan Taylor, Miles Sanders, Tyreek Hill, Amari Cooper. We need a quarterback, wide receiver, tight end, flex, and defense. Uh, and it's on me. So um, since you took chalk, I'm going to take the easy way out. I'm going to go Miami at defense. All right. Give me a not chalky Russell Gage. Ooh, baby. Okay. Now we got some something to cook with here. We're cooking with guests. So we got 58.66 per player left. 17,600 in total salary for the QB position, the tight end position, and the flex. And Kevitz on you. And he went Dak at quarterback to pair up with Amari Cooper there. So we got the the Dak to Amari Cooper stack running it back with Russell Gage, Miles Sanders, Jonathan Taylor, Tyreek Hill, Amari Cooper, or uh, Russell uh, Dolphins D, excuse me. So uh, I like how this team is building up, Maddie. It's uh. Five four per player for me and you, and we got tight end and flex left to fill out. All right, you got it. Because he just took Dak, right? Yep. Yeah, so it's on you. Oh, that's right. It is on me. Um, Okay, so let's see. We got a couple interesting ways where we can go here. Tight end is going to be key. So I'm going to say this right now, Maddie. Let's. uh, I'm going to play Mark Andrews. Okay. And see what you can do from there. He's sixty three hundred, so that leaves you forty five hundred for the flex. Oh, that's easy money. Where are we going? That should be Paris Campbell, right? That is Paris Campbell in the flex. Now we're gonna do something here. Paris Campbell was the player for our flex, but because he plays in the noon games and Tyreek Hill plays in the afternoon games, we're gonna move Tyreek Hill to the flex there. Um, just in case something crazy were to happen, we want to make sure that we can uh, be able to pivot off of that. And we don't want our flex to be taken up by somebody who has already played. So the team right now, as it stands, is going to be Dak Prescott, Jonathan Taylor, Miles Sanders, Paris Campbell, Amari Cooper, Russell Gage for the wide receivers, tight end Mark Andrews, and Tyree Kill in the flex with Dolphins D to round it out. Zero zero dollars left which i don't think we've built a team in a while that has had that has used all the salaries so maybe maybe this is good luck for us so maybe. that is that is great um kev also chiming into the comments that dan arnold is scoring a touchdown this week book it that means that that will that will be uh screenshotted right there i want to be able to use that next week <laughs> um regardless of if there's a touchdown scored or not um for next week but Kev's channeling his inner inner father narrative you're right exactly (laughs) baby narrative so he's what he has is FOMO for missing out on the podcast this week that's for (laughs) sure first ever time he missed the pod but guys that is going to do it here for the DJ Nation podcast that was your week two NFL DFS main slate talk with the DJ Nation um, we appreciate everybody for joining us and uh, we we can't wait to you know hear from you guys. Guys, you can reach out to DJ Nation Potter, reach out to the Fantasy Authority, FF underscore authority um, on Twitter. 
get into our Slack chat, guys. We're talking, we got so many channels going live right now um, with, you know, we got general chats in there. If you have, you know, want to talk about redraft or just anything football, you can come in and talk about that. Dynasty channel has been lit um, with so much good content coming out from our Dynasty guys. Uh, DFS, we got stuff for you guys. We're we're in there just talking shop, sharing plays, sharing uh, processes, just talking everything that we can um, about the slates. And we appreciate everybody who's been with us, you know, from the inception, but you know, we, we, we want to open it up to everybody else who's interested. So reach out to us there, get involved. We'll send you the Slack invite link and we can't wait to see you in there. Fantasyauthority.com, guys, that's where you can find everything that's going on with, with the site and what, what content we're producing and putting out um, a lot of good stuff that's coming through. Hopefully you guys are tuning in to the YouTube as there's, been great videos coming out every week with um, who to start and sit in your redraft leagues. Um, we're going to have some DFS content coming out there very soon. I can promise you that. And the DFS podcast is living on there too, the DJ Nation podcast. So like I said, guys, go out there, subscribe to our content, like our content, comment, give us a five-star rating, and we'll send some money your way. I mean, all you got to do is do that, screenshot it, reach out to me, and we'll hook you up. It's the DJ Nation podcast signing off for Maddie Dickinson at Maddie DFS. I am the other co-host at Ryan Alexander underscore W is where you can find us on Twitter. And we will see you next week for the week three slate. But until then, get that money. And we hope to see you guys all uh, at the top of the leaderboards very soon. DJ Nation signing off. Peace. Think you can tell me what to do? You know who you're talking to? But you better get used to the way the war back. I see what you got, adventures and outfits. But that's a freak, boy. Yeah, that's a freak, little man. Break it down. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.